Hello, I'm Leila Hidayat and welcome to this special edition of Stories to Change. So you can usually find me behind the scenes at Frontline, however during this extraordinary time I'll be recording from my living room. I'll be speaking to some really amazing people as well as some brilliant organisations who are adapting to support children and families during the pandemic and beyond. You, our lovely listeners and social gooders, will hear their stories, advice and hopes for the future as we learn together along the way. Hi folks. So this week I spoke to the brilliant Tom Booker, a former primary school teacher and frontline employee. So Tom now works for two fantastic charities, Grandparents Plus and Kidscape. And he speaks about how the crisis has shone a light on kinship carers who are often disproportionately poorer than the average parent and at the moment are at higher risk due to COVID-19. Tom talks about how crucial it is to provide support and guidance and connecting kinship carers at this time. He also addresses cyberbullying and increased screen time and the impact it's having on children. And finally, Tom provides insight on how to empower both parents and children now and going forward. So I hope you enjoy and I'll speak to you soon. How have you been? Yeah. A bit of a whirlwind. How long has it been? Yeah, it would be just under two months. Wow, and that was the last pub trip. That is so sad. That actually made me feel a little bit sad when I thought about the pubs. It will happen again, Layla, one day. One day. What I've been asking everybody, and this has had a mixed reaction, so you might like it, you might not. Um, An interesting fact about yourself. Okay, so... My sister and I have a sibling challenge that we do every Christmas Eve. Um, and it's a different thing that we both have to learn throughout the year. And then uh, our mum manages the kind of um, invigilates the process of the challenge. So we've done presidents of the US, uh, countries of the world, famous inventors. Um, and this year's one, which I think is the nerdiest so far, is um, most common trees in the UK. So we have to learn them and then be able to recognise them by leaf, fruit and bark. And what do you win? Is it just pride and glory? Just, just pride and the look in our mother's eye of you're my favourite child as a result of your intelligence. That's that's what my, my sister has unfortunately got more of than me so far, which is what fuels me every day to learn those trees. And you've got a few interesting hobbies. How's your, um, how's your uh, allotment going? Yeah, the allotment's great. Um, yeah, it's going well. We're growing um, beetroot, rainbow chard, uh, sweet corn um, and, and a few other things. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of been ideal weather. You know, it's been sunny with some rain, which is kind of exactly what you want. So, yeah, loving the allotment. Cool. So you've got two roles at the moment. Mm-hmm. So one of them is with Kidscape and one of them is Grandparents Plus. Would you like to explain a little bit about both of those organisations and I guess your your role within that. So Kidscape are an anti-bullying charity who, whose aim is all around creating a world where children grow up free from bullying and harm. Um, and then my role within that is um, programmes and volunteering manager. So I, um, I lead on the delivery of those workshops and assemblies and, and things like that in schools, um, designing new programmes who are currently exploring um, 
the potential for delivering a, a very specific program around resilience for children with autism. We're looking at another interesting workshop around the particular challenges of social media apps and streaming websites that um, in terms of the kind of impact on children's attention and um, and, and the kind of addictiveness of how they're designed um, and how children can kind of be empowered to manage those challenges. And the other one is Grandparents Plus. Yes. So uh, Grandparents Plus are the foremost kinship care charity in the UK. So so kinship carers are um, anyone who isn't the um, biological parent or, or a foster care or adoption worker who is the, the guardian of. Um, and it's a group of people who are disproportionately disadvantaged. And uh, and, and so Grandparents Plus provide um, support, guidance, connection to all those kinship carers um, in the country. And my role is a volunteer officer. And particularly, I lead on the uh, Someone Like Me service, which is a peer support phone line where kinship carers who have experienced related challenges in the past provide a listening ear and, and emotional support to, to kinship carers who are in need. Um, and it's a service that's been particularly important in the current situation. So yeah, there's some crossover between the two roles, but they're distinct as well. So if it's right of you, I want to focus on um, Grandparents Plus to start with. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I wouldn't say that um, kinship carers are widely spoken about. I'd imagine it's a group which is um, you know, so, so important to a lot of children. And it's been a, an overlooked area, which I think this crisis has kind of shone a light on all of those kinship carers at the moment. And I'm wondering, what's that impact with Grandparents Plus? Is, have, you, have you felt that there's been more of a need for support at the moment for that, for that group of people? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're, uh, um, they're, they're disproportionately poorer than average parents. Um, they, they're often in, in worse health. Uh, that there's a lot of real challenges. And I think one thing, particularly for a lot of them who are grandparents, they're obviously in a higher risk category in terms of the coronavirus than the average parent. Um, so things like the, the kind of ongoing development in terms of children potentially going back to school. There's an added layer of anxiety with those groups um, that they're obviously in terms of potentially bringing that, uh, that virus back. Yeah. And I think as well, things like homeschooling, I think children who are um, supported by kinship carers are disproportionately have higher levels of behavioral problems, emotional needs, um, often linked to some of the trauma that is why their biological parent isn't there with them now. So yeah, there's a huge amount of, of challenges um, for, for kinship carers. And I think they're not a group who are often given access to the benefits that they perhaps should do, um, both, both financially, but also kind of legal support and, and things like that. And that's something the charity really seek to rectify. But yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a really difficult time for them. And I think the, the service I was mentioning, someone like me, is particularly important because it does just provide that that space for them to reach out to someone else who's in the same position and can relate to how challenging homeschooling a group of challenging children is um, and making sure they get the support they need while, from the kinship carer's perspective, making sure their, their own health is still being prioritised as well. Um, so yeah, lots of challenges related to, to that group particularly. And do you want to say a bit more about the support that was given prior to the lockdown process and how you kind of adapted? What's, what's been the changes there? Yeah, so lots of the um, what Grandparents Plus do is around these groups that are, are led by a kinship carer, but, but lots of carers in the area come together and, and they've had to stop, but they've been moved online. Um, we've been sharing a lot of resources that can help um, and, and connecting in 
obviously some schools have been brilliant in terms of the support they provided to, to parents at home was less so um so trying to fill that gap where kindred carers perhaps don't have or don't feel they have the knowledge to homeschool their children or to manage um their behavior and yeah just trying to pro- i mean one of the challenges in both roles really it's this sense of massively increased screen time for children and what the impact of that is but actually particularly for parents who are trying to work themselves at home, actually something that will keep the kids quiet for three hours has real benefits. Um, so it's a really difficult balancing act. And we've been providing a lot of, of resources, spaces to have discussions around that um, because no one really knows what the right answer is to all of that. But I think being able to openly discuss and share experiences and gain ideas from others is, is really beneficial. And have you spoken to some of the kinship carers who access your service. So what's their experience um, with the support that they've been receiving? Yeah, I, I think it's been positive. I think that there is a real sense of a lot of them feeling very overwhelmed right now and just trying to seek short-term solutions to 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 manage the, their children. Um, in some cases, children have, have gone into school, even though the um, kinship carers aren't directly um, key workers uh, because of some of the, the behavioural challenges and needs um, that are, are presenting themselves. Um, so, yeah, they've been kind of appreciative of that support. Um, I think trying to understand some of the sort of legal and financial framework from here. So things like support with universal credit applications, what happens with furloughing, um, you know, all of these things that um, lots of parents are, are trying to work out and understand. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, some of the support around health as well. I think a lot of them have real concerns about what will happen if, if I become unwell, particularly, you know, where you've got those grandparents who maybe do have pre-existing health problems. So I think there's a real anxiety for them about what happens to the children if I do become ill. Um, and, and that fear is probably the, the greatest fear that exists for them at the moment. So trying to provide that support and guidance for them at this time, um, as well as connecting them into those peer communities has been has been really important. Um, so you mentioned that kinship carers may not receive the same government support or aren't recognised in the same way. Do you want to say a little bit more about that uh, for the listeners who aren't quite sure what that means? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when a parent is unable to um, continue to, to support uh, their children, and, and that can be through lots of different reasons, but the most common ones um, have been uh, drug abuse, um, domestic violence issues, um, going to prison or um, death of a parent, um, then the local authorities obviously try and find an, an alternative. Um, foster care is very expensive. Um, so it's, it's usually the kind of last resort for councils and local authorities. They always go to family members beforehand and see if they can um, take on responsibility of the child. Um, but, but often it's a sense of um, uh, the kinship care is not necessarily feeling empowered to or ready to, but, but feeling a sense of they they have to. Um, so, so that often can happen. Um, and then I, I think one of the real challenges is that they don't directly access the, the support services that, that are provided to foster carers and, and adoption um, adoptive parents. The world of kinship care is a little bit more confusing. So we've had cases where a parent might have very different um, legal statuses of, of their different children. So one may be a 
a special guardianship order, one may be in foster care, one may be adopted, and another one could be a, an informal arrangement that's none of those three. And so in all those cases, even though those children have had the same experience of growing up, they have complete different access to, to benefits, to support. And if, in theory, the biological parents come back and say, I'm now ready to take custody of my child again, all four of those children would have different legal situations there. So some of the challenges are really hard. Um, and one of the other quite shocking things that I learned, only 5% of kinship carers get any training or support before they become these legal guardians. Uh, and, and in some cases, perhaps where they're grandparents, they may have had the whole experience of being parents before. But there's a, a lot of siblings take over as kinship carers. So often you get people who are in their early 20s, say, coming back from university or back from living in different um, houses back to look after their their siblings so in that case they haven't got any experience of being parents um, and it can be a, a very lonely world and often the, the first reflection we get from um, kinship carers who join the grandparents plus community is I had no idea there were this many kinship carers who've, who've had such similar experiences to me. Thanks Tom. Just going to move us over to, um, to talk a bit more about Kidscape. And you mentioned how often young people spend online mm. and being forced to spend more time online um, and the um, then the risk, I guess, of online bullying rising as well. I wonder what your experience has been of that during the pandemic. Yeah, it's a really important point because, um, you know, lots of the kin- Kidscape workshops are originally designed for playground bullying and the more traditional forms, which obviously isn't happening in the same way now. But you're absolutely right. Cyberbullying has increased a lot. Um, I think the new sort of parameters of this online world have caused a lot of challenges. So um, I think there's a lot of exclusion happening now. It's, it's kind of easier to exclude someone from a WhatsApp chat than it is potentially to exclude them in the playground. And I think the pressure that children are feeling to be online and be in those groups and be constantly reacting to the newest house party group that the friends have all joined and I think when you're trying to manage homework and homeschooling and all of this stuff, while having that need to be constantly connecting to your friends when you can't see them face to face is, it is creating a lot of anxiety, I think, um, and, and, and a lot of challenges. I led a really interesting focus group with some teenagers around um, online safety and, and cyberbullying and, and what this current situation means. And yeah, some of the stuff that came out was really interesting. And I think particularly they said this constant screen time is, is really challenging. And there, there was a real sense from the kids that they wanted to know how to manage their time but actually it's really difficult because of the constant bombardment Um, and I think the other thing is just around how do you reset those boundaries after lockdown so if you've always said a maximum of three hours screen time a night and now that's been relaxed then when everything changes you know can you go back to it or will children say well no that's not fair you know that this has been the situation I'm now used to it so yeah I mean there's a there's a lot of different challenges that are coming out as a result now and, and certainly cyberbullying and, and risks of grooming and, and all of those things are massively increased because of the increase in screen time. I guess it's quite tricky for parents to also keep a bit of an eye on what is coming through with all of these different platforms, devices, apps. There's, there's so much content now, isn't there? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, came out in that focus group, the sense with parents thinking, I'm quite overwhelmed by the sheer number of apps and these new ones coming out. And we do an online safety training where we talk about the most common apps, how to set privacy settings, um, how to have conversations with your child about some of the risks associated with those apps. But inevitably, new apps come up all the time. You know, House Party is a good example. No one had really heard of it a month ago. And now it's everywhere. They, the, the sudden kind of all-encompassing nature of these apps um, can can feel very overwhelming, and I think make parents um, feel um, who who aren't necessarily used to that whole tech world um, feel quite powerless. So there is a real concern around that, and I think we're we're really passionate at, at Kidscape around um, empowering children. So I think trying to help them to just understand what happens in their brain, what the the dopamine hit is why it's so hard to switch off from those devices and why TV can seem so much more appealing than reading, for example. But helping them understand the psychology of that can be really interesting because it's about saying, this is what's happening to your brain. This is the science behind it. Um, these are some of the reasons why it can feel good and some of the positives. These are some of the negatives. Now you're armed with that knowledge. Make your own decisions. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, as soon as you, I guess as another person telling a, a child what to do, you know, they might just switch off. It's just another person, especially if it's a person that they don't know, but actually having that context behind it mm. um, and a quite an interesting context because it's about what's going on in their, in their head and why they're acting in that manner. I think that's yeah. a really interesting way of putting it, actually. Completely. And if you can get other young people to talk about that, even better you know we're trying to design training that will be delivered by 18 19 year olds rather than 30 40 year olds um because again that voice of children who have been through the same experience and know the challenges is is so much more powerful in terms of getting them to relate brilliant some of our listeners um as you know might be social workers and i'm wondering if you have any advice yeah, I, I think it's trying to encourage that reflective side. For, you know, as I've said, I think the most empowering thing you can do for a child is to get them to reflect on habits um, in a very non-punitive way. So um, the, the changes, what does it feel like to be on technology more? What does it feel like to have not seen your best friend for two months? Does it feel like you can get the same relationship from a FaceTime call with them? Um, what will it be like when you go back to that? Um but yeah, I think trying to keep a focus on hope as well. I saw a lovely thing on, on, um, Instagram that my partner and I've started doing, which is a, a kind of, um, I think they call it a hopes and dreams jar. So every time you think of something that you want to do, but can't currently, you write it down and put it in the jar. And then when this is all over, you can get them out and think, okay, let, what should we do this weekend? Let's go to our hopes and dreams jar. You know, those sorts of ideas that can get children to think about the fact that this is temporary and, and we will be back to um, some sort of normal uh, at some point soon. What's in your hopes and dreams jar at the moment, Tom? Ah, oh, loads of stuff. I mean, some of it's really bland, like going to our local for a pint. Um, but some of it is more kind of holidays that um, that really appeal. I'm wondering, so you've mentioned some really interesting things about what both organisations are doing. And I wondered if you wanted to say a bit more about um, some of that learning that you've you've uh, taken from this time. Yeah. So I, I think in, in terms of learning, I mean, one of the really interesting reflections is that so many others are in this position are so willing to collaborate um, more so, I think, than when we weren't in lockdown. 
Um, so as an example, we had a um, kids game invited to the anti-bullying alliance meeting, like big monthly team meetings, and then invited loads of other anti-bullying and ch- children's mental health organisations to it. Lots of people spoke that weren't from anti-bullying alliance, and lots of collaboration happened in the chat, happened afterwards. Lots of people kind of saying, I'm doing this research. Does anyone want to work with me on it? And we've made a load of links since then, and it's been really amazing to do that because I think inevitably with particularly small charities, you often find that there's another charity doing the exact same thing as you, planning the same workshop, designing the same resource. And if you doubled up and worked together, it would be so much more impactful. Um, and I think linked to that as well, there's, there's so many organizations that are really keen to help. So an example, we've been working loads with some really experienced Salesforce architects who have more time on their hands now and are willing to do loads of pro bono stuff. There have been loads of really prominent authors, kind of child psychologists and psychiatrists that we've reached out to at Kidscape who have come back in touch being like, really happy to work with you now because I'm, I haven't got a lot on at the moment with lots of, you know, I'm not doing book tours. I'm not doing all of this stuff. So actually, you know, I think it's a really great time to reach out to loads of people who you might think, oh, God, they'll never be available to help. But I think a lot of people are. We've seen uh, with the um, NHS responder uh, volunteering opportunity. So was it about, I think it was about 600,000 people who signed up to volunteer, which is a crazy amount because I don't think they realise there'd be so many volunteers. But that just goes to show that at a time of crisis, people do feel more compelled to volunteer. They might not have thought about it before, <laughs> but actually they do just want to help. You mentioned a couple of things about your expectations um, of life after lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to say a bit more on what your predictions might be. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for some really positive changes as a result, which is strange to say because obviously it's such a horrendous situation for so many people. But, but I think one of the real takeaways is a sense that I think a lot of the creative thinking that people have had to do, I mean, the example with Kidscape, obviously, we've moved all these workshops online that we've never done online before. Um, and now, even after the lockdown, we think we're going to carry on doing them because we don't have to book a community hall. We don't need to pay travel. We don't need to organize all these different things so we can reach so many more children throughout the country. Um, we don't need to worry about the geography of where the facilitator is based. And actually, for some children, an online format works better than in person. There can be an intensity to being in a room with lots of others um, or even having to go on public transport to get to that place which is removed by the online sessions. Um, so, yeah, I think there's lots of things that might improve as a result. Just going back and the advice that you'd give to listeners, what's the best way of getting access to the both charities that you work for? So both have an advice line that's um, that's free and available to use anytime. So on, on both websites, they're kind of manned throughout each day and um, can give really specific advice, for example, with kinship carers if you want to understand benefits or, or your legal rights around kind of special guardianship um, and obviously with with um, with kidscape if there's concerns about uh, bullying or um, or online safety or, or anything else any emotional support that, that is required we have a really great advice line and then obviously we can signpost on to other great organizations like nspcc and Childline and all these others that can support um in terms of the workshops, yeah, we, we, we run all these online workshops with, with Kidscape. So, um, definitely that you can sign up through the website for any of them. So if you want to attend, um, those assertiveness workshops or the online safety ones or the transition, um, ones, they're all available through, through the website. Um, and, uh, 
and yeah, with with, um, with Grandparents Plus, it's um, it, there's a kind of referral process that comes through the project workers who are, who are very similar to social workers. Um, if, if it's a case where a kinship carer isn't currently accessing any of the support that they have access to, um, then we can follow the steps that will lead to a referral and get them to access all of that um, that support that the state should be providing to them. Wonderful. Thank you. So just to wrap up, um, I'm going to ask you for uh, your final thoughts. Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to mention that I noted down around what I'm hoping to see when this finishes, I think there's been a lot of community activism that has come about from this, I think, because we're all confined to our local area so much more. And I think part of that has been a much greater awareness of vulnerable people in your area. Um, and I, I really hope that continues. I, I, I think it will, but I think that connection to, I think certainly, I don't know, our, our age group, I feel it's, it's, it's hard to feel connected to your neighbors in the way that our parents' generations really did. And I think there's been something of reconnecting with that. And I just, I hope there's a way that we can carry that on afterwards and that people remember the links they made to people on their streets and keep that going after um, after we come back to some sort of normality. And the other thing was just that I am really looking forward to a long walk in nature, hiking somewhere and then finding a pub with a roaring fire. That's definitely one of the things. I think I might have put it in twice into our hopes and dreams though, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm most looking forward to after this that sounds lovely thank you so much tom i've really really enjoyed speaking to you and you had loads of different interesting insights there which i'm sure that our listeners will really really find helpful so thank you thank you very much